0: You're listening to The Wedding Whisperer with Sarah Burton of Simply Love Studio in Lexington, Kentucky. We are back for part two of How to Be a Wedding Guest. Joining me today is Hunter Sherwood, florist with Sherwood Design and Events, and Tyler Jackson, videographer with Jackson Visuals. On part two, we're going to chat about a wedding ceremony, and how and what to plan for. We're going to start with not texting the bride on the morning of the wedding. So on the day of the wedding, um, you are not going to text the bride or the groom, okay? Oh, no.
1: I would almost even extend that to like the week before, the week leading okay. up to the wedding as well, just because a lot of times I kind of get this on the vendor side. Like most of the time I'm meeting with couples two weeks or Sometimes, depending on schedule, the week of the wedding, I'm doing kind of final timeline walkthroughs with them. So they're probably doing final meetings with vendors that same week. They might still be working that same week and they're finalizing decoration stuff. You never know. And then if they're also dealing on top of like, hey, what outfit am I supposed to wear? Or can, you know, maybe it's last minute. Hey, I didn't find a babysitter. Can I bring my kid? Like try to save the stuff that is going to stress them out
2: <laughs> no texting the bride morning into the wedding is it rainy should i wear heels out to your farm wedding the bride does not care make be an adult make I those will decisions you in your sleep if you <laughs> said like it's the kind of stuff where it's like it, it, there's you sh- there should be very many med- unless somebody is like had some sort of medical emergency then there's no reason to like that the bride can't help with that Mm -hmm. the bride can't help with so unless the bride is the doctor or something then (laughs) then just leave the bride and groom alone on their wedding day like you're going to enjoy them you're going to see them later everything else you're an adult you can figure it out
0: and then a lot of times um a maid of honor or a best man will also take away the bride's phone that day while everybody makes their own decisions on that, I think it's a really good idea just to intercept anything that might be coming in. I think if you do want to reach out to the bride on the wedding day, leaving a Facebook post, um, tagging them, putting a sentimental photo in it, or just writing on their Facebook wall is 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 okay. Uh, but oh, other yeah. than that, we're, we're not reaching out to the bride directly prior to the ceremony.
2: A happy wedding day. Congratulations. That's nice. But anything else, figure it out.
0: And then you're also going to prepare your outfit accordingly. Um, Like it goes back to the attire. This is going to be on the website. If it is at a farm, if the word farm or barn is in the name of the venue, you're not going to wear five inch heels because it's going to be grassy. It's going to be rocky. And if it has rained, it may be muddy. And you're going to look like a horse walking through the property with your heels. So dress accordingly when it comes to your shoes um, if it's chilly outside and you think you might get cold, take a sweater. Like it's not rocket science. If it's 100 degrees outside, take a ponytail holder. And then um, you also do not need to take in the world's largest purse into a wedding. Um, leave it at home. Put it in the trunk. You can literally take a wristlet in. That is all you need for the wedding. Unless it is a wedding where children are allowed and you need a diaper bag. Other than that, we're leaving the big purses away.
2: No, they're just in the way.
0: The other thing that I really wanted to talk about on this podcast that I think is actually really important and maybe is even an, a little bit of an elephant in the room. We've talked a lot about how we don't have that many rules and we don't have that much etiquette left for weddings after the pandemic. I do think that there is one rule that we have. I don't think this rule is going anywhere. And that is unless you are the bride and maybe even the groom, you are not allowed to wear white to the wedding. You're not allowed to wear a white dress. You're not allowed to wear a white shirt. You're not allowed to wear white pants. You're not allowed to wear a white shawl. You're not going to wear white shoes. You're not going to take a white purse. You are not going to take or wear anything that is white or ivory. That is reserved for the couple. However, we do have some couples that are opting to maybe wear black or an emerald green or a different color. And they will put on their wedding website that they want you to wear white or ivory. That is the only time that you are allowed to wear white. For men, a colored shirt is definitely preferred. However, I will let a white shirt for a guy slide as long as he's wearing a jacket and a tie with it. But just a plain white button-down shirt, a plain white polo shirt, absolutely not. If you take nothing else away from this podcast, just don't wear white or ivory to a wedding. Now that I have that out of my system, we are going to move on to going to the ceremony. One of the big things that a lot of vendors will talk about sometimes is the guest arriving a little too early for the ceremony. Tyler, from a video perspective, is there too early to arrive?
1: Yes, for sure. And and obviously this is, uh, this is wedding dependent too, but I would say most of the weddings nowadays, they're going to do a first look or a first touch pre-ceremony. So if they're doing that, depending on the photographer's timeline, they might be doing that close to ceremony time, like within the hour of ceremony time. So when they're doing that, a lot of times couples will do private vows or letters of admiration, like that sort of thing. So like... As videographers and photographers as well, and everybody, (laughs) all vendors, um, the, the least moving parts, like we don't want people in the background of these first looks, we don't want, you know, grandma and grandpa talking right beside where they're doing the first look or, you know, aunt or uncle coming in and like, hey, congratulations, happy wedding it And they're pulling energy from the couple. um, And it just kind of sucks time out of the timeline leading up to ceremony. So I would normally say an hour is definitely too early. 30 minutes is kind of the sweet spot. You don't want to show up to, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, depending on where it's at, like give yourself time to get there in case you get lost. We don't want to have to push back the ceremony time because they're waiting on, you know, a significant aunt or uncle to get there and and they're having to push that back. But an hour, I would say is definitely too early. Yes, just sit and wait, play on your phone. It's fine. You're not, (laughs) there's not going to be a whole lot for you to do anyway. So just hang out.
0: And I will say, if you're at a hotel, go to sit in the lobby, go to the hotel bar, literally do anything but walk into the ceremony site. And I know that that's something that you don't know. And until you're told that and educated why, you don't understand the importance of it. I'm really the 20 to 30 minutes is like you're the sweet spot for, from a planner perspective. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: absolutely. I mean, because anything before that, You're just in the way and like that those last hour before a wedding starts is just kind of vendor chaos behind the scenes and everybody's trying to light candles and fold napkins and put out salt and pepper. And, you know, there's just a lot going on in those last few minutes before the wedding. And then when your aunt and her whole family shows up, you know, an hour and a half early. And you're just like, you're just, they're just in the way. I'm like, you're just in my way. Like, I just want to like <laughs> put the candles on the table, light the candles and get it photographed. I want to look beautiful in this room and type of the videographer. And you've like staked out your table an hour and a half early before the wedding is even started and like covered it in your purses and shawls and like tucked your shoes under the table. And I'm like, I haven't even taken a picture of this room yet. So I need you to like get yeah, out of it's, the way.
1: It's always moving people. And I mean, if, like you said, if you're trying to, photo or video the reception space that a lot of time that's getting set up last minute so you know less people the better and same goes in all the other areas too but
0: and then whenever you do arrive and um, the doors are open for the ceremony there's going to be a guest book you are going to sign the guest book sometimes there may be a line for the guest book and if there becomes a really weird line just go ahead and go around that that Go to your seat. That guest book is typically going to be moved to the reception if there's a planner. So you'll get the opportunity to sign in there. If there is a program, please take one. I hate seeing especially a child handing someone a program and people are like, no, no, just take the program. Well,
2: a lot of times those programs might have like just last little bits of information for you in there. If you need to stand up or sit down or throw something at a certain time, then or mm-hmm. a direction to the reception, the reception or yeah. something like those. So those are handy little pieces to have like you may not think you need it or I just like them because I want to just follow along and go how much longer is the ceremony going to last? <laughs> we've we've sung 18 songs. So <laughs> there's only 20 more to go. Um so that's what I want to know before, you know, before it's time for cake. That's all we really want is cake. So
0: <laughs> And talking about um, the ceremony, usually one of the first things that you will see now is an unplug ceremony sign. Basically, what that means is the couple wants you to turn your cell phones off. I know that is just the wildest things. If you don't turn it off, put it on silent and put it away. Tyler, I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about this and how from a video and photo perspective, cell phones can hinder your job and the final outcome for the couple.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I will say this is typically with the older crowd that I see this. So us younger people, we have to do a good job of telling our older relatives, do not get your cell phone out during the ceremony and take pictures for the kiss or for the ring exchange. Like These are critical moments. And if there's a cell phone, like someone sticking out in the aisle or they're you know lifting their hand above people's heads to get their cell phone photo for facebook you know that i promise your photographer and videographer are capturing everything we don't need your angle sitting in your seat i know you want that special photo as a family member to say that oh i've got it right here on my phone and you can just pull it up everything is delivered digitally now your couple will have a link to their gallery or to their film. Like you will see the kiss uh, in digital form and you also see it with your eyes. So please do not stick your camera up speeches as well. I will extend this to speeches. Please do not jump in front of the videographer during speeches and walk in front of cameras that, you know, there might only be one angle that that person's able to get. And now you're blocking that certain angle so just kind of be conscious of that and like i said this is mainly older people so just you know watch watch our elderly friends and maybe just advise them accordingly yeah.
2: whatever photo you think you're taking holding your phone above the crowd is not going to be nearly as good as the photographer's photo so yeah. just let them take the good photos and just enjoy the moment and
0: even if there is not a just an unplug sign just put the phone up basically we have traditionally always had the bride's side as being the left side and the groom's side as being the right side. In the last <laughs> several years, we have definitely seen that more blended where it doesn't matter what side that you sit on. Um, typically when I go into a wedding, honestly, I don't care which side I'm on, I typically go to the side that has the least amount of people on it at that point so that that side looks a little fuller. Um, mm-hmm. When you all are guests at weddings, do you, is there anything that crosses your mind on where you're going to sit at?
2: I I really think it's unless you're just in some sort of like ultra formal wedding where you're like being seated, which I think is super rare
1: anymore, just Mm -hmm. sit wherever there's space and wherever you can see. And I would say try to fill empty spaces. Obviously, it's going to make the couple's photos and videos so much prettier when they're full seats and they're not empty gaps. Depending on the size of wedding, it, it might be full regardless, but we like to fill not the reserve rows, but sit sit close, sit in the middle. Don't leave empty gaps. Um, don't if you're one of the first people to arrive. Don't sit all the way in the back. Like start the trend, fill fill you know the starting rows first, and then go back so that way you know it kind of kind of fills out nicely.
0: You led me right into my next topic of reserved rows. Um, I was talking to the crazy bunny lady, and she actually mentioned that at a wedding she went to, um, there wasn't a reserve sign and somebody tapped her on the shoulder and was like, hey, you're in the reserve seating. Can you move? So she talked about how awkward that was. So typically there is going to be reserved rows, um, reserved signs on the first couple rows. If you're at a ceremony that is in a church, a lot of times the first row is going to be left open for the video and the photo team to be able to move around and then um, a lot of times on the second row back is where parents grandparents may sit um siblings and then even sometimes the third row back may be where the grandparents siblings aunts and uncles sit so i would say past the third row should be mm-hmm. safe but leave those first couple open
2: yeah especially if there's markers it just yeah. if there's like flowers on the ends of those unless you're in a wedding where like every aisle has flowers on it If you're looking down the rows, you go, oh, the first two rows have flowers on them. Probably don't sit in those. That's probably reserved or marked or something. But like you said, once you get past the at least the third row, you're probably fine.
0: And then as we talked about phones being in the aisle, um, I also want to talk about keeping your feet, your legs and your arms and your bags out of the aisle Um, so that there are clear shots of the couple from the the photo and the video. Did I cover all the items that are typically in the aisles?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. The biggest thing is just, like, a lot of times when the bride is coming down the aisle, people have a tendency to lean into the aisle because they want to see around people. Well, as you get further and further up the aisle, now there's less and less room. Everybody is leaning in. So by the time you get to the photographer and videographer, we are now literally standing in the middle of the aisle because that's the only shot we can get. And we potentially could be blocking part of the groom's view or the bridal party, you know, we don't want to stand in the way, so help you know, help us out. Let us kind of stand a little bit more out of the way. Don't lean in front of us, like you know. We have to shoot around you too. I promise you'll see her dress at the reception,
0: <laughs> and yes, you're gonna so. see her walk right by, right in front of you too. Yeah, yeah. I know we keep talking about photo and video being so important. Um, I know as a wedding guest, if you have not been involved or planned a wedding in some time, then you may not realize the investment that goes into photo and video. I don't know really what the average cost is now for a photo and video, but I would say your minimum investment is probably the 4000 range for both of them up to the eight and $10,000 range. So that's why I keep going back to it being so important because that is something that the bride and groom are going to have forever. And we want to make sure that they have those clear shots because your cell phone images If you drop your cell phone in the toilet, those images may be gone. But that photographer and videographer has six different copies of that. So that's why it's so important to stay out of the way, basically.
1: Yeah, and the couple wants, you know, nice, beautiful, pretty photos that they can hang on their wall. So, you know... Yes, photographers can potentially Photoshop out stuff, but you're just creating so much work for them, and you know there might be certain moments that they only get once. So, you know they they're printing these things out. So keep that in mind. They're they're spending money on this because they they want the nice, pretty photos of the photographer that they can print out and hang on their wall and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, the more photos where you're in the way, the less there is the from the for the photographer to pick from at the end yeah. of the day.
0: And I want to talk about if you are late for the ceremony. Um I know we talked about getting there super early, but getting there late is honestly just as bad if not worse. If you're
2: late, you just got to hide until <laughs> it's an appropriate time. If you're in a church or something, you might be able to like sneak in the back or if you're but if you're like in an open field somewhere you better go find a bush to sit behind until she's made it down that aisle and it's time to go to the reception
0: and usually there is going to be if there is a coordinator that coordinator will be in the back probably where you're getting ready to come in um that coordinator is going to shoot darts at you and you are going to follow their instructions We do not want you walking in between the bridesmaids and the bride and her father. So whatever instructions they give you, if they want you to wait until the bride has gone down the aisle, then you're going to wait until the bride has gone down the aisle. Um, There are a few things that I'm very passionate about, but that is one of those. And honestly, I'm one of those people that are late. I actually got the ceremony time wrong for a wedding a couple years ago, and I don't know how I did it. But I literally pulled the invitation out when I got in the car and to put the church's address in my gps and i was like i missed i missed the ceremony type up so i literally went straight onto the reception i was like there's no chance i'm walking into that ceremony late mm-hmm. so if it is to the point where you are going to be five to ten minutes late just skip the ceremony no
2: it's fine just don't be intrusive don't be interruptive don't be a spectacle of yourself sit in your car hang out for 20 minutes hide in the back just don't be a disruption
1: yeah and i mean if if it's in a field or something like that there's normally areas where you can kind of stand back like not in the seating but like kind of away from the ceremony spot and a lot of times there's speakers and things like that so you can still hear the ceremony and feel like you're partaking without being intrusive and kind of like interrupting the flow of stuff
0: And then this is kind of a tricky one and Hunter honestly I'm going to um, divert to you on this. So um, aisle cloths. Uh, We do not see many aisle cloths used anymore but we do see them. A lot of times um, after one person has walked on them they have started to rip if they're a paper one. But even if it is a cloth one sometimes they will be moved side to side and I see guests want to start like sticking out in the aisle trying to pull it back to the center what is the the right thing to do in that situation
2: yeah i, I mean i feel like again like you said aisle cloths we've moved so far away from like the ultra formal ceremonies with all of the candelabras on a stage and you pull the big aisle cloth and stuff but you know we do have them pull up again occasionally and stuff um because some people still like that kind of real formal look and everything and so to me it's one of those things where you know Really the only person that sh- that really ever walks on is the bride on her way down and then the bridal party on their way out. So really, there shouldn't be any reason to be moving it, touch it or anything like that or unless for some reason like after the bride walks down the aisle and unless it just becomes like a rumpled mess and it looks like it's gonna be a tripping hazard, there's really no reason to like run out, touch it, move it or anything like that because especially if we're like in grass and stuff like they're they're great inside. But I mean, if you're outside in the grass and people start walking on it, it just becomes a rumpled mess anyway. So unless it's going to be some sort of horrible tripping hazard, then it's it's just going to be a mess anyway. So don't worry too much about it.
0: Toward the end of the ceremony, there will be a kiss. And I know a lot of times that's when phones start coming back out. If they have been up, that is kind of when people start going back to the aisle again. If they haven't been in the aisle at all, that's when they're going to migrate to it. Um again, that is staying in your seat and out of the aisle for the photographer. If you are on the edge of the aisles, maybe seat two and three, one, two and three, a lot of times there will be what is my word, for like flower petals. It could be confetti petals, paper shreds, something there for you to throw yeah. at the couple as they walk back through. Like a paper cone is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Like a little paper cone on the seat. And a lot of times, um, guests don't necessarily know what those are for. And that's okay. Um, you probably haven't seen those before. You haven't been to Wedding guest 101 before, and you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So what those cones are going to be for is whenever um, the couple turns around to walk back at the aisle, when they are almost toward you or beside you, you're going to throw those because those make really good pictures. Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: And There's it's always just... Such a fun photo to have that little pop of confetti, pop of rose petals or something in that photo. And especially if your floor has spent the night before stuffing five hundred cones with rose petals. Not that I've ever done that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And and I think the key word to what you touched on there is when the bride and groom are beside you. So it's gonna be like a wave so that we can get plenty of photo and video of it. Don't throw it all at once like when, you know, you wanna wait till they're they're in line with you and you're actually throwing it on them or in front of them so
0: good information and then as the ceremony is over the officiant is going to most likely tell you what is going to be next they're going to tell you um, to move to cocktail hour they're going to tell you to move to the reception they're going to give you some type of guidance basically that is your cue to get up and leave the ceremony site when you get up and leave the ceremony site you're going to take away any trash that you have produced while you were there you're going to take away the program that you were given and just any Wrappers or anything you're going to clean up after yourself so that the venue or the planner does not have to do that
2: The box the Kleenex extra kid emptied that they found under the pew I've seen that
0: Let's talk a little bit about if you did take a picture during the ceremony of the bride um, When when is it okay to post a photo from the wedding that you're attending on social media So you're too I, stunned to speak over
2: here. <laughs> I, I, well, well, when do, when do I think, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I've, I've had weddings as a vendor where I've had brides that have been very like, I don't want any photos posted until the professional photos are posted. I had a couple of those the last couple of years where they, they don't want any vendors posting until they get professional pictures. The hard part is we live in a social media digital age where as soon as that bride turns around and kisses, somebody's posting it on Instagram. Um, so I think it's it's I don't, I'm not really sure what the etiquette of that is anymore, because I feel like you want that like in the moment excitement and exuberance uh, that you're there in the moment that you're there, that this is happening. I am at this wedding, my friend's getting married. So you're wanting to post that. But but some of the times you lose you're wanting to show off where you are starts to hinder that you're actually there in that moment and stuff so i would say i in my mind i was like you can take photos and i'm terrible about posting stuff but i'd say take your photos post them the next day that you had a great time tag the bride and groom in them and stuff but don't waste the time at the actual wedding posting photos of the wedding and not enjoying the wedding if
1: you're in the middle of all that
0: Tyler, I feel like you had thoughts on this. Um, Well, sometimes
1: I think it's a little bit different with photographers versus videographers. But a lot of times uh, photographers might even have it in their contract to where like the bride and groom, like they they are going to send sneak peeks that night. And they want the first photo that the bride and groom post to be their photo and not like mom and dad's photo that they took during family photos or something. So... I would say the biggest thing, and and I think brides would appreciate this too, is just like getting behind the scenes of the day and tagging them, whether it be like an Instagram story or something like that, like save your group photo with the bride and groom or your cell phone photo until like after they have kind of had their moment, like they're, they're going to get sneak peeks back within 24 to 48 hours from the photographer. So... And just let them get their sneak peeks, let their let them post their individual photos, and then, you know, a couple days after you can post your group photos. But if you want to do like Instagram stories showing off the reception or the beautiful ceremony, like I think the bride and groom probably appreciate that those smaller things that they can look at instantly, like on the day after their wedding. But, you know, it it's not about you, it's about them. So you can always post your your group photo with them you know the week after the wedding so.
2: i do feel like typically like i said i've had a couple where they only want the the only they'll want the professional photos but i feel like other than those couple rares i do feel like most part it, we are such a weird culture where it's like i'm literally looking at it in person i'm going to take a photo of it and look at it and go it's not beautiful i'm like i know we're staring at it immediately like it's we're still right here in front of me but it we it is it's like Even though it just happened, it's like the next day, uh, I feel like you do watch like brides and mothers of brides and stuff. They're like, oh, remember last night? It was so pretty. Like, it just happened. But, so I do think there is value in posting those photos, tagging the mother of the bride, tagging mother of the groom, tagging the bride and her bridesmaids so that, you know, people can see them. Because it is exciting to think... I just planned this big day. It was so much fun. I want to know that all my guests had fun. So when they, you can go back and see the flowers and the people smiling and having fun and eating cake and you know doing their sparklers and stuff. There's, I think, there's a joy in that. Um, but it is, don't don't let the social media posting, I think, distract. From actually enjoying the actual day, I think that's probably the that's great thing. advice.
0: So. Um, and two, whenever going back to your officiant dismissing from the ceremony, um, go ahead and move away from the ceremony site pretty quickly, whether that's in the church or an outdoor venue or wherever, because a lot of times they are going to do um, family photos immediately following the ceremony or bridal party photos, um, especially if they didn't do a first look. So basically, we need the ceremony site cleared pretty quickly
2: yeah because it could be photos or we just got to clear out the church like the the person who's here for the church is like all right he's got to reset for communion for tomorrow and i'm like i gotta haul the flowers and the candles out of here and
0: and there may be mass later that evening as
2: well so yeah depending on like some catholic churches where there's you'll do your weddings in between masses and stuff and i'm like i've got 20 minutes to haul everything out of here before 500 people come in for church
1: yeah and And i would say if You're not immediate family. If they're doing family photos, you might be a close cousin or, you know, a very close friend. Like, save those photos for the reception. There is normally a pretty tight timeline in between ceremony and reception entrance. So... We're just trying to knock out family photos and get kind of the wall hanger stuff out of the way so that the couple can actually enjoy the reception. And if they're getting pulled from friends and non immediate family to take photos, there'll be pr- plenty of opportunity, I promise, during the reception. But, you know, save that for the reception. Yeah. Second Cousins Forever, you can do that at the reception. <laughs> yes.
0: For more information about Simply Love Studio or to schedule your wedding consultation, go to simplylovestudio.com.